pack that you can add challenges and trials to the game, existing game, right? Because it's not like you don't have enough to do already or don't want to waste your time anymore. But it, these challenges are interesting. And I like it because it's, it's adventurous. You get to kind of, you know, forget about the real world for a little bit and play this game. And it's, you know, the adventures are fun and it's, it's very, very challenging. And some of these new challenges, uh, you, you're, it's designed to give you a limited amount of resources. Um, as a matter of fact, in, in one of these challenges, you have to beat these four major bosses that you have already defeated, but now you have to beat them in a dream world. So, and then when you enter into that dream world, you only have a limited amount of resources to work from. And it, man, You've already beated these guys with all the resources. You had all the swords you needed. You had all the food you needed. You had all these things, and it was hard enough. So when I entered into this dream world and I, I saw these guys, and, and th- this, is, uh, this is one of them here. If I can get to the picture. When I saw these guys, I was like, there is no way I am going to be able to beat this guy. There's just no way. You're given like two swords, two shields, and like three pieces of food. So when you get hit by the guys, you get beat up, your hearts get depleted. And as soon as those hearts are depleted, forget it, you're done. And I looked at these challenges and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I want my money back. (laughs) And then I kept doing it and doing it and trying and trying. And eventually I beat all the four guys I know very successful. I feel complete in life. And I got a motorcycle, which was, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. Why am I sharing this with you? You're like, get this guy off of the meds, right? Because, well, I looked at that and I, I looked at this passage and I, and I think a lot of times we, we face the challenges in our life like I faced those beasts, and I look at whether, whether it's a challenge that we might have already beaten in the past or someone that, or something, a trial uh, or, or a conflict or whatever it may be, or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's a new one that we're, we're facing. We, we look at that and before we even begin to go through it, we say there's absolutely no way I'm going to make it. This is too much. The disciples are probably saying that right now. As a matter of fact, it's probably a given because of what Jesus says at the end here. They're probably looking at Jesus' departure and they're thinking, there's no way we're going to be able to do this without you. We've lost. And we often do that because we're looking at our own resources. We're looking at our own strength. We're looking at our own abilities. And we look at the, the, the trial or whatever it is before us and we say, no way. No way. And what happens to our hearts? Our hearts get depleted, don't they? Our hearts get stirred up. Our hearts get worried. Our hearts get anxious. And our hearts become fearful. And we give up sometimes even before we've started. 
Jesus is leaving. It's going to be very challenging for his disciples. Their hearts are worried. Their hearts are anxious. Their hearts are fearful. But Jesus makes sure that, guess what? I'm going to give you everything you need. As a matter of fact, my leaving is actually, and he's going to say this, is going to be very, very beneficial for you and very, very beneficial for your hearts. Jesus gives us all the resources we need. We're going to look at two of those resources that he provides as he gives these resources to help our hearts as we walk through the many trials in life. So the first resource that he gives us, he gives us a friend. Beginning in verse 25, Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So Jesus is reminding, he said, I'm I'm saying these things now. I'm in your presence now. But I am leaving, and maybe they're beginning to worry. Well, and, and I would worry too if I were them because they seem to forget a lot. So Jesus is telling them, don't worry. You're going to have this friend, this helper, and he's going to lead and guide you in all truth. This is a friendship bench. Has anyone ever heard of the friendship bench? I just learned about it this past week. A friendship bench is quite literally a park bench with a higher calling. In Zimbabwe, friendship benches are located on the grounds of medical clinics around major cities. These are scattered throughout all these different medical clinics. The the bench is a safe place where trained community members counsel folks struggling with what they call, in their language, and forgive me if I butcher this word, it's called confungisisa, confungisisa, which means thinking too much, or with what we would call depression or anxiety. Dr. Dixon Chabanda a psychiatrist at the University of Zimbabwe, came up with the name Friendship Bench back in 2016. And as in most places in Zimbabwe, there's a lot of stigma around mental illnesses, and people are hesitant to head to uh, the mental health clinic to speak with medical professionals, so they set up this benches, these benches. And they are more willing to sit on a park bench and share their worries or concerns or anxieties with someone in their own community. At these benches, community counselors and patients meet weekly to discuss their intimate issues. So does, is it working, is, I guess would be the question. Uh, it seems to be working because they tracked 573 patients with anxiety or depression for a six-month period, only 13%. Uh, had the symptoms afterwards. So only 13%. Isn't that an interesting concept, right? How many times have we, how many times have you talked to a friend when you're going through a certain problem and had all of these issues and that friend just guided you or said the right thing to you at the right time in just the way that you needed to hear that? How many people have experienced that? But how many times have we, how many times have you said to yourself, well, I just feel like nobody understands what I'm going through right now. 
Sometimes that's a lot, isn't it? Jesus Christ provides for us a friend that counsels our hearts, and it is a friend who truly understands absolutely everything that we are going through. Nobody knows you better than the Holy Spirit, and nobody can counsel you better than the Holy Spirit. He gives us a friend on the friendship bench, and that spot is always occupied by him. There is never a time, there's never a moment, there's not a circumstance or a situation where we do not have this friend with us. He is a constant guide. He is a constant helper. He's a constant aid for us as we walk this life. So number one resource that Jesus gives us is the Holy Spirit. He comforts us and aids us in every situation that we find ourselves in. He uses this word helper again, or you can say advocate or a legal aid. This is someone who was called upon to come alongside and to help this person through a situation. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit does. And he knows us. He understands us. So Jesus is telling his disciples this, and primarily in applying this to his apostles, this helps us realize something. So we can be sure that the, 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 the teaching that we have, so this is a comfort to us, we can be sure that the scripture that we have is accurate and reliable. Why? Because of what Jesus says here. Because Jesus is letting them know, hey, you guys, I know you guys may be worried about remembering, and if we go to the previous passages, we'd be worried too, because how many times have they forgotten what Jesus has said? Numerous times. Jesus could say something, and it seems like, seems like two seconds later, Peter is actually saying the opposite thing that Jesus is saying. So if, if it were up to the apostles, if it were up to humans to convey the truth of Jesus Christ apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I wouldn't be sitting here today, would we? But what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, listen, don't worry about rem- remembering all of these things because the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor is going to come alongside you and he is going to remind you of all the truth that I have taught you. And he's also going to teach you so that you understand that truth. And we begin to see what Peter says here in 1 Peter 1, 20 through 21, that we can be confident that what we have in the gospel message so that our hearts can be comforted and our hearts can be assured that we have an accurate rendition of what Jesus Christ said. That all scripture you must understand, no prophecy of scripture, came about by not by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin where? In human will, but prophets through human, through the, though humans spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit. I know that uh, many, many people today argue against the, the accuracy of Scripture, and they just say that Scripture was just a human agenda, that the apostles had an agenda for getting us to believe that Jesus Christ was God and all of these things. And they argue that and they influence. I'm going to just tell you that the only agenda that won out in this case was God's agenda. Everything that we have 
is what he wanted them to remember, that he taught them, that he did so through the third person of the Trinity, and he did so for, our, for their benefit and for ours. And if you don't believe me, look at the difference between Peter before and after. If you look at Peter before, Peter's just this crazy, off-the-cuff guy who is actually using the world's resources. He takes out his sword, later on we're going to see, and he cuts off an ear, and Jesus actually has to heal the ear of the servant. And then later on, Peter is doing what? He's denying Jesus Christ to a servant girl. And then what happens? A few weeks later, Peter is preaching one of his greatest messages of all time uh, before thousands of people. What happened? Did Peter go to some seminar? Did he go to a workshop on how to be a better evangelist? Did he like really just, all right, guys, we can't do this. We're just going to pump ourselves up. No. Well, you know what happened? The Holy Spirit happened. This happened. The very thing that Jesus is saying. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I would be in serious trouble. Serious trouble. So not only were, were his words helped, and not only was Peter reminded of the truth, what else was helped was his heart, wasn't it? How did he get the courage to do that? The Holy Spirit. That's exactly what he does for us. We have a constant friend And if you and I are to see anything about the Holy Spirit, what is one of the primary ministries of the Holy Spirit? One of his primary ministries is to do what? Lead us and guide us in the truth of God's word. We have all these talk about the Holy, all this talk about the Holy Spirit and miracles and signs and wonders. This is the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is sent from God. He is a gift from God. He is an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So he represents everything that Jesus is and all that Jesus said. And he leads us and he guides us in the truth. He leads and guides us in the truth. Because the truth is what we need for our hearts, isn't it? When we're struggling, when we're going through times of fear, when we're going through trials, the truth is what we need. And the more that we are receiving that truth, the more that you and I are fighting our, our trials with God's truth, the better our hearts are going to feel. He does two things. He teaches and he reminds us. So he illuminates God's truth. How many times have you... Uh, have read a passage, and maybe you, you, maybe you know a passage like the back of your hand, and then you're going through a certain circumstance, and then you come to that passage, and you're like, and all of a sudden, that passage then ministers to your heart in a way that it never has before. And you, you understand that passage in a different context. What, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit, right? Or how many times have you, have you been going through a situation and maybe, maybe you hear a song or maybe someone comes up to you and says a scripture verse to you or sends you a card and you hear about that and, and all of a sudden you're reminded of a certain truth. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. The biggest ways that we can fight our worries is with his word. The primary ministry of the Holy Spirit is to to guide us and to counsel us. 
and to lead us into that truth. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, and he's free. He's a gift, right? So we, sometimes we pay for counselors and they're a lot of money and they give us bad advice, right? And we're like, hey, I want my money. I want a refund. You can, you can be assured that the Holy Spirit is, is never, ever going to give you bad advice. And it's really not advice. It's not like you can really take it or leave it. You should take all of it. Sometimes we like to get off that bench and be like, I think I'm going to go over to this bench and I'm going to sit next to this guy over here. He gives us all the counsel that we need. The disciples need not worry over Jesus' departure because he sends them a friend to help their hearts with his words. The words are words of truth, they are words of comfort, and they are words of promise. And, And we need to hear that when our hearts are getting stirred up and anxious and worried and fearful. I might have shared this before, but I, I remember when, uh, I, I went, when I first came to Maine was with uh, training in the military, and we went to a simulated prisoner of war camp. So we went up to Rangeley, and we were taken to this camp and then placed in a small concrete prison. And, and I remember this prison was really, really, really tight. You could, I don't even think you could stretch your legs. And you definitely weren't going to sleep. Uh, so there you are. You've been without food for about a day and a half. You're without sleep. And you're definitely not sleeping because they, they start to play things over the loudspeakers. They start to play. And I was exposed to psychological warfare. So without sleep, without food... You begin to think things are what? Real. And you're hearing all of these voices. And they play kids crying and pleading to you. Daddy, come home. Please come home, Daddy. Why don't you just give in, Daddy? We miss you, Daddy. And saying all, yeah, over. And imagine that for like eight hours as you're in a cell. And you know what I started thinking? I'm like, is this real? Have these, does the military really know what is happening? And I think these people have lost their minds. And I begin to think that this is real. And those voices are real. And all the propaganda is real. And then the truth comes to fruition when we get liberated. By, by the Americans, right? And they, they come in, and I've and I never seen so many grown men bawl their eyes out in my life. Why? Because they thought it was real. And the same thing can happen in our lives. We're hearing all of these voices filling our minds with all of these things, and we have to combat that with the truth, with the truth that, yeah, we may be in a circumstance for a period of time. Yes, it is going to be very, very difficult. But remember this, Jesus Christ is coming to rescue you. That you don't face this circumstance alone. That you have a constant friend who's there to lead and to guide you in the truth. And to break you free from that prison in your mind, because that's what can happen. We look at our trials, we look at our sufferings, we look at the circumstances in our life, and we begin to hear all these voices. 
He gives us the truth. He gives us a friend who leads and guides us in this truth. I'm like that. I preached this to myself this, this whole week, just trying to hear what Jesus was saying, you know, because I'm a hypochondriac. I, I get worried. Uh, I look at problems. This, this past week, I'm struggling, you can hear it in my voice, struggling with this cold, and I'm telling Lynn and Kevin I'm dying. I got pneumonia. I got bronchitis. And Lynn's like probably at the direction of the Holy Spirit, you're not dying. You'll be just fine. Here, here you are today. Here I am today, right? But we, we, have, to, we have to hear that. And, 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 and we, we just, we need that direction in our life. So Jesus is letting them know, hey, look, look, I know I'm leaving, but I'm leaving you with a friend who is going to constantly teach and remind you all those things that you need to hear. This is why it's so important that we are constantly in the Word. Because the more that we are in the Word, the more the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to illuminate that Word to our hearts and to remind us of that Word when we need to hear it most. Because if not, our hearts get stirred up and anxious. He reminds us that though we may have trials, that Jesus has overcome, and because Jesus has overcome, so will we. He reminds us that he is always with us, that Jesus has never left us alone. And he reminds us that our suffering and pain is not in vain, is it? It's got a greater purpose, that even though we we may not see now, we may not understand now, but one day we will. And with all of that truth in our hearts, what happens? We get calmed down, don't we? We get reassured. We get reminded. And we experience the next resource that Jesus gives to us. We experience peace. Verse 27a. Jesus says to them, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. A pastor shares this story regarding his struggle with cancer. He says, up until a certain point, he had not lost his hair. So he felt that he still had some level of control over the situation. But then that changed. He said, when I saw piles of hair on my pillow, on my towel after a shower, I knew I was losing control of the one thing I thought I had left. So, in a step to decide when that happened, I shaved off my head before all of my hair fell out on its own. He said, I finished shaving my head, looked up from the sink into the mirror, I didn't recognize myself. He said, at that moment, I felt an anger, like I had not experienced up to that point. 
I had lost all control. I couldn't handle that. For the next two weeks, he says he was angry all the time. Those were the toughest moments of my cancer journey, he says. During that time, he says, I lost sight of God. But, as he often does, God reminded him. Reminded him of a certain truth. The truth was that he was still in control, no matter what the circumstance. The pastor says, as this realization settled back into my heart, what do you think happened? He felt the inner peace returning. And he said it lasted the next four months of his treatments. And he said, I was even able to find joy in the midst of that suffering because I had a peace from the one who never lost control of that situation. That pastor sitting in the back of this sanctuary. This Pastor Kevin. And when he shared that story with me, I love how he takes both the points, doesn't he? (laughs) Who reminded him of the truth? The Holy Spirit reminded him at a time when his heart really needed to hear that truth, didn't it? And then what was the result of that conviction settling back into his soul, into his heart, was an inner wholeness, was a peace. I thought about using a a story from It Is Well With My Soul. And if you've heard that song and, you know, he lost his entire family and all his children. And, you know, but then when when Kevin shared that, we we have to see that it's not for, for those distant saints. It's for people in our very own congregation. The peace that Jesus offers can be experienced by by all of us. Because the Holy Spirit ministers to our hearts with the truth. And what's the truth? That though our outer world or even our inner bodies may be absolutely chaotic, God remains in control. He remains in control. That is why Jesus can say to them, I give you my peace. Three times he basically refers to himself. So it's a gift, but it comes from him. It's his peace. And we have to see here that it is very, very different than the world's, isn't it? It's very, very different from the world's. What is the world's version of peace? And my version of peace, many times. The world's version of peace is an absence of conflict, trouble, pain, and suffering. That's the world's version of peace. That sometimes is my version of peace. I don't like it when things get messed up in my life. I don't like it when I lose control of things in my life. Isn't that what it's about? We feel like we're out of control. How am I going to face this situation? I have no control. Guess what? We never did in the first place, did we? But that's hard. That's hard when we're faced with that reality. 
the world only has these things. As a matter of fact, the world makes an idol out of peace and security. They are willing to go at great lengths to attain it. I find it very, very interesting that in the end times, what do they achieve? They achieve a temporary peace and security, don't they? When the world is saying peace and safety, what's going to happen? Destruction. So look, everything can be going honky-dory on the outside. Guess what? That doesn't mean anything in light of eternity. Our worlds can be all controlled, right? We can, you know, climate control. We can, you know, everything that we can do. We can, we can limit the amount of pain and suffering in our lives. That doesn't mean everything is okay. Because it, it's not for them. Why? Because they don't know the Prince of Peace. So even though they achieve it on the outside, even though it's a false sense of peace and security, And just because our worlds may be chaotic, it doesn't mean that God's not with us, does it? Matter of fact, it's probably just the opposite. He's working in that situation. Pastor Dave, in in his uh, John, uh, John, the, the exposition book that I'm reading for this, rightly says, Jesus gives us a wholeness in the midst of chaos. Order in the midst of disorder and harmony in the midst of conflict. Let me repeat that. He gives us wholeness in the midst of chaos, order in the midst of disorder, and harmony in the midst of conflict. And it has to do with exactly what Pastor Kevin realized, the fact that there is absolutely nothing out of the control of Jesus Christ. There is no circumstance. There is not a living cell or anything in this world that is out or beyond his control. It all is under his authority. And because of that truth, you and I can can walk freely through this world, can't we? We can walk with boldness. We can walk with confidence. We can walk with assurance and we can walk with peace. And that's when people begin to look at us and they're like, what's the matter? Have you ever met someone, they're going through a trial and they're just like, they have this sense of peace. And I'm not saying it's apart from emotion and we're going to talk about that, but what, what is going on in their hearts? This is. We can be reassured that no matter what is happening around us, or in us, or to us, that he remains with us. And he remains in complete control. And that then comes out of our lives, doesn't it? And we witness to the world the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you folks right now, this, that world needs to see that. This world's chaotic. This world is full of trouble. And Christians, when we are facing trials like the pandemic or whatever it is, and trust me, I'm preaching this to myself, but when we face those situations, 
we can face them with a calmness, with a wholeness, and with a security and with an assurance, knowing, you know what? Doesn't matter what happens. He's in control. And we just can continue to be obedient and trusting in Him. And that's what this is. The peace comes through a settled conviction in our hearts. We're, we're, we're convicted of this truth. Kevin was convicted of that truth, even though his, his hair was coming out. He was convicted that Jesus Christ remains in control of this situation. Therefore, I can have this calmness. Therefore, I can have this peace. And people see that. I, I came across this cartoon. I thought it was really cute. Lucy says, I hate everything. I hate the whole world. And Charlie's like, well, I thought you had inner peace. She says, I do, but I have outer obnoxiousness. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully the inner peace is translating not to outer obnoxiousness, right? Hopefully, you know, if we have inner peace, we should not have outer obnoxiousness because people... People should be able to see us and we can be able to witness to them in, in love and gentleness and kindness uh, because of the peace that Jesus gives in our hearts, because of the truth and the assurance that we know, hey, he's in control, everything's going to be okay, therefore I can go through this situation in this fashion. However, I want to make a point though. This does not mean that you are going to go through trials and circumstances without emotion. Okay, you can have these things are emotional. Just reading about what Kevin went through, I'm ready to bawl my eyes out. That's emotional, and it took him two weeks or a few weeks to get to that point. This doesn't happen overnight. The Spirit works in our hearts. He ministers to our hearts, and he's he's reminding us right day after day as we sit. Next to him on that bench and we listen to him, he's building up our hearts in the truth and we can come to that conclusion and come to that conviction. Jesus is about to face one of the most emotional trials of his entire life. One of the greatest periods of suffering. He's about to go to the cross and he gets so emotional that when he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating blood. You think he had emotions during this time? You better believe it. We can't, we can't approach our, our, our trials and our suffering in, in this, this, with this stoic attitude. And when we're told bad news, we're not just going to be like, okay, everything's great. It's going to be great. I love it. That's what, you know, it might be a little strange. But what does Jesus do in that garden? He's so emotionally uh, he, in, in this state of upheaval about it, he actually asks God, hey, Father, if you can take this cup from me, please do so. If Jesus can pray that prayer, do you think it's okay for you to ask God, hey, Lord, you know what? This situation I'm facing right now, I don't think I can do it. Do you think maybe you can take this from me? That's okay. That's what he wants you to do. Come to him. But then what does Jesus say? But not my will. Yours be done. Ask. Keep going to him. 
Suffering is hard. Pain is hard. But the answer may be no. And it's at that time that we need this truth, don't we? We need to remember, okay, we're going to go through this together. And he's with you. And he's going to remind you of that truth. And it may not be easy, but he gives you his peace. And Jesus, Jesus once again is not asking us to do something or go through something that he hasn't already done. And he exemplified that inner calmness, didn't he? He exemplified that peace. And it was in that very suffering, in that very sacrifice, that Jesus Christ overcame the pain and the suffering and all the chaos that this world is going to bring. And that he now can offer you and me a peace that transcends this world, that transcends all understanding, and a peace that lasts for all eternity, that no one can take away. That's what he gives us. That's the gift of his peace. And it's a peace that will last forever. That's some pretty good help for our heart, isn't it? And when we look at these two resources, we see and understand what Jesus is saying in his final command. Jesus gives us help for our hearts to fearlessly face any situation. Please do not take these two commands apart from their context. Listen to what, how Jesus finishes here. There, there actually should be, I, I, you could actually do a therefore in there, right? Because of this, because of this truth that I've just told you, don't let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. Why? Because you have a friend and you have my peace and therefore you can fearlessly face any circumstance whatsoever. Yes, they are commands, but he gives us the resources to help our hearts not to be all stirred up, not to be all worked up, or to be fearful. Now, we can face these things with boldness. We can face these trials with assurance. We can face them with confidence. And we can face them with a calmness, knowing that we have a friend who sits on that bench with us, constantly reminding us of the truth, constantly ministering to our souls, one who advocates, advocates for us, who prays for us and intercedes on our behalf, and one that will never get up from that bench, and one that reminds us of a truth that is so important that Jesus is in control of the beginning, the middle, and the end. And because of that, we can have a peace that transcends all understanding, transcends all of our circumstances and pain, and a peace that transcends this world, and one that outlasts this world. And with these resources, you and I can face any beast that is put before us and our hearts will be in perfect health without fear but with assurance that we will win because he already won for us father lord every day 
Every day we need your Holy Spirit. Every day we need to be reminded of the truth that is in you. And every day we need the peace that only you can give us. Lord, help us as I know many of us are facing very, very difficult moments right now in our lives. Moments that can bring fear. Moments that can bring worry. Help us in this truth. Remind us. Encourage our hearts as you did here today through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, and let us remember that you remain in control of all of our circumstances and that one day we'll be able to speak to you face to face apart from all the pain and apart from all the suffering and with hearts happier than ever before. We love and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with us. Hey, uh...